Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Since the beginning of the fasting, I've been talking about, because this is a month of encounter, and the fasting, the theme is divine encounters. And I've been talking about provoking encounters, not general service, uh, like Sunday service, during the weekday services, provoking encounters. And at a point in time, I diverged, I, I digressed into talking about how to activate grace. Because if your life is void of grace, you are a very sorrowful person in life. But if you have grace, it doesn't matter what happens to you, you will do well. Paul said, I was going through so much, I wanted God to take this problem. I prayed three times, Revelation, sorry, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, three times for God to take it. God said, don't worry, my grace is sufficient for me. Verse 9. God said, my grace, if you have grace, it doesn't matter the opposition you have in life, the setbacks around your life, you will still make news. And so, to provoke grace, um, I think that, let me recap that before I go to the encounters. Provoke grace, you need the word. You want God's grace, expose yourself to God's word. Expose yourself to God's word. It comes naturally. It comes with grace. If you want to get wet, get exposed to water. If you want to get grace, get exposed to God's word. The more you're exposed to God's word, the word of God, the more you are catching grace, the more grace is abounding towards you. And sometimes you might be graced in your career, but you need grace for marriage. Sometimes you might be graced for marriage, you need grace for your health. Sometimes you might be graced for your health, you need grace for your ministry or assignment. Sometimes you might be graced for your outreach work or evangelism work. Yeah. But you need grace for, uh, with people who work around you. You need grace, grace. So there are all types of grace, but God is able to make all grace abound to us. I'm describing you. God, God, God is able to make all grace, grace that, grace that, come all of you, go towards him. And it's not that they are coming towards you, they are abounding. That you having all sufficiency in all things will abound unto every good work. There are sometimes there are good things in your heart you want to do, but you can't abound to do it because you are restricted. But we are entering to the days of all grace. Abounding grace. Amen. Please sit down. So you need a word of grace. So to, to provoke grace, activate grace, you certainly need to be exposed to the word of grace. You also need apostolic encounters. Apostolic connections. Paul said, you are partakers of my grace. So there's a grace a person carries. You can partake of it depending on your connectivity with the person. And usually it has to do with submission to, to the uh, to, uh, submission or service around the person. Within the context of church work can expose you to grace. You need it. When you get access to serve a man of God, God has anointed. 
is a way God is trying to introduce a new dimension of grace into your life. So every significantly grace person God connects you to is trying to make a statement that I want to upgrade you. But it doesn't come because you just uh, you know the person. No, your heart disposition, how you connect with humility and with honor to the person in the interest of serving the person, it brings grace upon you. And number number three, which I never got to say, did I? I don't think I got to say. Number three, humility. Some of us are too proud to be graced. It doesn't work. You are too tall. No one can put crown on your head. It's so high. We are trying. We are trying to climb. We to put the crown. You are too tall. Come down. Bible says God actually resists the proud, but gives grace. It's in the Bible. It says it gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so He will lift you up. For it's written, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When grace wants to come to you, your humility will be tested. Sometimes in a, in a normal service, an usher will put you somewhere you don't like. Just God is trying to test your level of humility. Because if it's your day, like Cinderella, no one can wear your shoes. God will make sure it gets to you. So when your heart is right towards God, the grace will locate you wherever you are. This is not a cinema or football stadium where you want a certain court seat. It's a grace arena. And when you are in a grace arena, all you need is a heart of humility. Those in charge, wherever they put you, you don't mind. And grace is rather already flowing towards you. So say humility. Another way, number four, to capture grace, to tap into grace, is giving. Giving. Grace has a way of respecting givers. Grace respects givers. So the core scripture of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, which says that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. You have to go back. And then the verse 6, talking in the context that, but I say, uh, but this I say, he which sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall. What do you think he's talking about? Sowing corn? No. No. (laughs) Yeah, think about it. Because most of us have never sowed anything in our lives, agriculturally speaking. Yeah, you have never sowed anything in your life. So why is God talking about sowing? What has that got to do with you? When you read it from the verse 1, it talks about, you see, the grace of God bestowed on the church. Mm. Mm -hmm. Chapter chapter 8 from verse 1, sorry. Chapter 8 from verse 1, it talks about the grace of God bestowed on the church of men. A whole church, grace can be bestowed on them. That even in their poverty, they were able to give. It's talking about it's, it's talking about giving. Look at the verse two. Follow me. How that in their great trial of the of affliction, the, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded unto the rich of their liberality. That means they were liberal. They were not economical when it comes to giving to God. Satan wants to deny you 
access to grace. So you make sure you stumble across someone on internet who doesn't know you, who doesn't know your instructions you are supposed to follow, who doesn't know anything about you, and doesn't even understand the things of God, but has been offended by some pastor. And he sits online and attacking giving in churches. And that's the one you like. You don't know you are hurting your future. Some of us, the hunger and the lust in our hearts make us develop itching ears for certain type of teaching. Why is it that you are online looking for preachers about tithing? (laughs) Just to validate your lust. Because you are very mean. Mean. You are stingy. The, The great, the rich man of God you are talking about, Tell me if you added one pound to add in to their riches. Yeah. Why are you complaining about you all this tight? It's uh, their money. They're, they're, have you, where have you given? Yeah. Where have you given and you are complaining about they are collecting people's money? Who are the people? Yeah. Who are the people? Yeah. Satan will whack you, I promise you. Oh, yeah. Be careful how you speak about people who are demonstrating grace. Yeah. Yeah. The more you condemn people of grace, the more disgrace you, are, you attract. Most of those people who attack pastors who are preaching, with short time you hear they have done something. They have impregnated somebody. Well. They have done this. You check them. People who have bad press about them most of the time, heavy one, and it's clear, usually they have been attacking others. Satan wants to hurt you. So he has to make sure you stumble across. And the one I don't understand is, you go and listen to all this rubbish when you finish and then watch pornography on top. So you see, you didn't listen to a preacher. Because an anointed man, when you finish listening to it, you can't comfortably go on, log on to pornography. You can't do that. That should tell you that's a dodgy man of God. He's not a man of God. He's dodgy. What he's teaching, it sounds very intelligent, intellectual, intellectually tantalizing, but spiritually void of the life of God. Anybody who finish listening to and your last goes up, watch them. Stop listening to them. They are injecting something into your spirit. When you listen to a, a band of God, you must lose taste instantly for some things. Yes, yes. And your desire for God rather boosts up. Because they fed you with God. Yes. The more a man of God feeds you with God, the more you want of God. Yes. Stop listening to everybody. It's not worth it. So it's important you check who you are listening to. And they are feeding you with junk. And they always want to attack grace sources. I can't just be prophesying over your life. I have to defend the grace that is coming on your life. We are not called only to believe the gospel. We are not called only to preach the gospel. We are called also to... to, uh, um, Content for the gospel. Yeah. So we are called to believe the gospel, yeah. preach the gospel, yeah. content for the gospel, yeah. and defend the gospel. Yeah. So I can't be prophesying to you and not attack what is likely to attack your next coming breakthrough. Wow. Wow. So what I'm preaching has a confrontational element. Yeah. I'm not just teaching, I'm preaching. Preaching is more powerful than teaching. Yeah. 
Preaching explains, but preaching enjoins, gives instructions. So Peter, the day of Pentecost, he preached, he didn't teach. When he finished preaching, they were cut to the heart. He said, what shall we do? Preaching instructs you and tells you, you have to do something. Wow. So sometimes preaching will confront a lot of things that are going on wrong. I actually feel like preaching here. Please sit down. Listen to the number of testimonies we heard. People say, and I sowed the seed. I gave. And someone is also smart, saying that every time close it, every time. Stay there. Stay there. The sweetness of the pudding. Yes, is it. Giving. So before he says that, and always God is able to make all grace abound towards you, he said he does so sparingly. When you read earlier verses, he's talking about giving. Yes. Let everybody give as they are purposed. Then he went on to talk about if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And then he went on, uh, verse 7, verse 7. Then he went on to every man according as his people in his So let him do what? Let him do what? So you see the context of giving. But Bible calls giving sowing. Because when you give, it doesn't leave your life. It leaves your hands and enters your future. So he says that uh, let him give as he has purpose. For God, uh, uh, God loves someone who gives with delight. It's not like they are forcing you every time, uh, time, time, every time offering, uh, every time offering. Don't do it. (laughs) It's not a money collecting scheme. That's why we don't call it collections. It's, 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 a, it's a covenant practice. Yes. Anyway, so giving exposes you. Then look at the next verse. Because God loves the church and God is able to. Did you see that? This is all grace abounding. He's, he's talking about a giver. Yeah, not a giver. How I think all grace abounding. Please, please, please. 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 Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You are just blowing hot air. Number four to tap grace is faith. He said, number five is faith. He said in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Verse 16, therefore, it's of faith that it might be according. When you walk by faith, you, you are loaded with grace. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Your faith sets the pace for your your faith. So when you are in faith, you can download grace. You can't see someone walking by faith who can be disgraced. You can't walk by faith and be disgraced in life. It doesn't happen. Number six. Number six is a very powerful one. Walking in the ways of God. In other words, the instructions of God or doing the church work. There are things you can do to accelerate or increase the volume of grace coming towards you. A lot of people are... 
Permit me to use this word, lazy. They want shortcut. You don't want to do the work, but you want to eat the fruits. They want cheap. And one of the things you should never do is don't make a mistake of bringing someone who you can tell the grace of God is upon their life. Don't bring it down to the. Don't bring that person down to how you've always thought they should be. Okay. Yeah, but we were we were in we were in uni together. Now he's a powerful guy. Ah, oh, still anyway, still. Hey, anyway. When you see when you see grace on somebody, don't touch him. When you see him, deal with him based on the grace. So, oh, hello, sir. Hello, sir. God bless you, sir. It's not because he's any sir physically, but what you have seen on his life is a sir. Whether it's your son, it's your daughter, it's your wife, your husband, your friend, your whatever. It doesn't matter what you know about the person. If you have seen grace, it's different if you haven't noticed it. Because grace has a way, if he wants to come towards you, watch this, I'm about to say something very deep. If grace wants to come towards you, he has a way of announcing itself in somebody. So when you get the attention of grace and relate to the person based on the grace, then the grace begins to come towards you. Don't expect what you don't respect. Come on, come on. So it's important. God, in his wisdom, chose to use people. Bible says that grace and truth came with Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 17. It came with somebody. So grace can come with people. Ah, So that means when you are dealing with people, you have to be careful. You give a cup of water to a prophet, you get prophecy. It's the grace on the prophet that get, works for you. You give a cup of water to the righteous man, it's the grace on the righteous man. You can't give a cup of water to righteous man and expect a prophet's reward. Or you can't receive a prophet, you can't receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man and expect a prophet's reward. It's the covenant the person has with God that works, depending on how. So if you relate with me based on that covenant, it is that covenant that works. So that means that dealing with a man of God, you must be interested in knowing the grace on the person's life. How do you know grace will always announce itself? By works. What mighty uh, is it wisdom is given to him that great wisdom works, mighty works in the book of Mark chapter 6. And so it announces itself in works. When you see how the person is favored, you should know that this kind of favor, I would like some. Then you begin to relate to the person from that angle, ignoring a lot of human tendencies that might rob you wrongly. And those things actually come to test you. The humanity of the grace career tests you if you are qualified to really capture their grace. Is that not what happened to Elisha? Elijah said, go back. He said, I'm not going anywhere. As long as your soul liveth, and as long as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. I will follow you. Then people were also mocking him that you are following this man. God will take care of He said, hold your peace. I'm aware. Hold your peace. I'm working on something. They were telling him this man is going to go. They are pointing negative things about Elijah to Elisha. Elisha said, I'm not interested in that. There's only one thing I want. Eventually, Elijah had to ask Elisha, what do you want? Tell me. He said, all I want, the spirit on your life, do. Double portion. He said, you have asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, 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 it's available for grabs. It was... It was on Elijah, but Elijah, but it came on Elijah. Grace is transferable. 
Anointings are catchable, contagious. Anointings are contagious. Grace is transferable. You have to know what grace you are looking for. And don't let social philosophy interfere with how you are tapping in. Careful how you throw stones at people at heights. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, coming to spiritual matters, when God is promoting somebody, um, in the time of Esther and Mordecai, the king Ahasuerus, right? Ask ask, uh, the bad man, what's his name? Haman. What shall be done for the one the king desires to honor? And he said that. He, he thought it was him, so he described it. And the king said, yeah, that's a good one. He said, if the king decides to honor, Haman couldn't say, I won't do it. Yeah. God has chosen to place honor on somebody. Yeah. You decide to dishonor the person, God will have to defend the honor. God will defend the honor. But God, God, God should have known better. He shouldn't have anointed such a person. He shouldn't have. You now are starting to advise God. You. You haven't even finished your examinations. You haven't even finished raising your children. Your business is failing. When was the last time you had a promotion in your work? You just lost your job and you are telling God is not smart enough for appointing somebody because of what you think you know about the person. I'm sorry for your destiny. Can now people loaded in pride? We marginalize anybody and everybody. Sometimes we have to be we have to be careful. Sometimes you think prayer is what you need, but no prayer. Insight. 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 Your insight will inform your practice. And that practice will crown you a grace career any day, any time. Hands down. Somebody's catching grace. Let me add one more. Catching grace. Spirituality. Spirituality. He says that in Galatians chapter 6, verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, beware. 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 This thing is a spiritual thing. He said, Grace be with your spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Get into the spirit. Be, be interested in being a little spiritual. It's not everything you can say. It's not everything, however you feel about somebody you can say. It's not spiritual to be gossiping and lambasting somebody in their absence like that. It's not spiritual. You are not happy about something, but you have to be careful what you say. Nowadays, our modern days, church folks, people can be so carnal. And say, yeah, as for me, this person, I don't talk to her. I don't talk to her. One day, if she crosses me, she will see my real colors. See, 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 see. Yeah, you are not spiritual. You are not spiritual. You are not spiritual. Every department you serve in, it's all we are, you are the trouble one. Trouble concern. Every 
department you are in, the departmental leaders have problems with you. And it doesn't bother you. Then when it's time for prayer, please, 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 advise yourself. You are actually not spiritual. The yabi yababa, yabi yababa is not a sign of spirituality. Many people have replaced spirituality with tongues. Bunga, 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 bunga. And it has, Pastor, it has dis- disappointed a lot of church sisters because they see fiery tongue talking brothers until they marry them and they are in a relationship, relationship, romantic relationship, and they realize, ah, oh my God, ah, oh my God, this guy is not spiritual at all. When the thing comes on him, you, you are surprised that, hey! Every sense of spirituality and decency jumps out of the window. <laughs> pastors who start churches by attacking other pastors who raise them. A pastor has anointed you, appointed you, and you are going with the title he gave you. I don't understand what's wrong with you. If he's dodgy, then the title is dodgy. Drop it. <laughs> It. When you find out that a doctor is a quack doctor, the medication will you continue taking it? Throw them away. But you are still keeping the title, the bishop title they gave you, and insulting them. You are the funniest, funniest, fakest person our generation is experiencing. I don't know why you follow a pastor who starts a church with anger. Yeah. Kind of Christian are you? At least basic decency, spiritual decency tells you this person is full of anger. How can God be passing through him for me? How do you start a church because of bitterness and anger? And every time you're preaching is to spite others. You are not called. You are not called. You are not called. And it will evidence in the shallow people you are raising. Paperweights. Paperweights believers, even if they are born again. Flimsy, spaghetti spine type of Christians in this kind of churches you are so-called starting. It's not even a church, it's an event center. People are coming to you, but they are not growing. They are rather groaning. I think I'm saying some interesting Don't follow that pastor. Don't follow that pastor. He's peddling the word of God for profit. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and chapter 4. They peddle the word of God for profit. Just for personal agendas. Second Peter spoke about them. For we are we are not uh, for we are not as so many. A lot of people are doing that. Peddling the word of God for profit for profit. Chapter 4, verse 2, or chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, it talks something similar, how they twist the word of God just for their personal agenda. Be hungry for God and be willing to dissociate for two years. Be, be hungry for God, 2 Corinthians 4, 2. Be hungry for God 
and be willing to dissociate from someone who is not spiritual. But have now have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not working in crafting it, not handling the word of God deceitfully. Quoting scriptures to make the Bible say what it's not saying. Because of stomach direction. Bible says, I think in Philippians 3:19 or somewhere, said their belly is their God. Be very careful how you define Christianity in these days. Many people are streaming to churches, but they are not interested in Christ. Pastors, let's preach them out. Oh, how can you say that? What, what, what's your business in church if you don't, are not interested in Christ? What's your business? It's a community. It's a family. You are not interested in the family. So what, what are you doing there? No, we will try and tell you what it is about. And then you make up your mind. But we don't have to leave you like that. After two years, you start creating problems for our people. Because you are, you are like a shark. Mm. By the time you realize you have eaten all our tilapias. <laughs> well, I don't think I have time to continue. So in the nutshell, this is how to tap grace. And then how to provoke encounters. You need faith. Number two, you need expectation. Don't expect, don't expect encounters if you don't have expectation. God really respects expectation. Jesus asked them, do you believe that I, the son of man, am able to do this? Yes, Lord. Okay, if you believe it. He said, be it unto you according to your Matthew chapter 9 verse 28. Be it unto you according to your faith. Blind men following Jesus. I mean, that's another level for a blind man to follow. That tells you they really have faith. But Jesus asked them, do you, do you believe? Do you believe, sir? And to them, do you believe? So to expect encounters, you have to uh, have expectation, faith. Number two, uh, first faith. Second one, to expect. Number three, prayer. prayer. There's something about prayer that trust God. Sometimes even when you, are, you have run away from God, can you imagine in the belly of the whale, Jonah prayed. In the belly of the whale, it wasn't like he was in the will of God. It was, it's just almost like somebody in a bed of fornic- on the bed of fornication. And he's praying, God, deliver me from this fornication. God hears that prayer. Yeah. God, people, especially church folks, who say, look at your fornication. But you know, when the person is praying, God, I don't want to come back here again. And this fornication thing, I don't like it. God hears prayers. God hears prayers. Your addiction, why don't you pray about it? Pray about it. Because you shouldn't have an addiction when you have Christ. So you can't serve two masters at a time. I see somebody being set free. In Luke 14, 18, the Spirit of the Lord, 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach liberty to the captives. What is the addiction doing? 
When the preacher, the one who is, is to set at liberty, yeah. to, uh, um, uh, sent me to, yeah, to, to preach deliverance to the captives. When you have the one who is anointed to preach deliverance to the captives, how can you be, remain a captive? Yeah. Bible says that when he resurrected from the dead, he led captivity captive. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, yeah. verse 11. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Yeah. Whatever holds you captive, Jesus has led it captive. Wow. Yeah. So I announced to somebody struggling with any form of addiction, tonight is the, your day of liberty in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sit down, let me finish. So prayer. Number one is faith. Number two, what? Expectation. Number three? Prayer. Number four? Oh, yeah. You want, an, you want an encounter? Expose yourself to dealing with a prophet. Many of the testimonies you heard is not because he was praying at home. It's because he was in an atmosphere and the prophet said. Do you know what I'm very happy about tonight? As I'm speaking, a lot of things are happening to people. So a prophetic encounter, God told Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go to the house of David, the house of Jesse, for I have appointed one of his sons again. Ah, but if you are appointed, go ahead. What do you need me for? No, I work through prophets. Cornelius sent to a city called Joppa for Peter. He will come, and when he speaks, something will happen. You need an encounter with a person. When Samaria, when Jerusalem heard that Samaria has received the word, Acts 18, 14, that was, they sent Peter and John, who when they came, prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, the Spirit has not been given to them or for falling upon them. And verse 17 says that, and when they had laid their hands on them, the Holy Spirit, they, they, uh, they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, and Simon the sorcerer, when he saw that the Holy Spirit is given, can you imagine, a whole Holy Spirit is given by human being lay. Ah, what is in this human being? That a whole human being touch another person and the Holy Ghost comes. He touch, if he leaves you, Holy Ghost doesn't come. Anyone he touch, the Holy Ghost comes. So it looks like the Holy Ghost was in the person's name. Who told you prophetic encounters don't make a difference? The other time I told you, who has poured oil on you? Who has poured oil? Think about it. Who has poured oil on you? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.